Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast, which is brought to you by Tacticam. This is your home for all things outdoors in the Badger State, and I am your host, Josh Raley. We've got a great episode coming up for you today. I'm actually talking with three different guys who have all been on the podcast before, Francis Sprecher, Ryan Ebert, and Mitch Patterson. All three of these guys have been on before, but I wanted to have them all on in kind of separate segments to hear how their gun season has gone. All three of these guys tagged out. Uh, Some of them had a little bit longer to hunt than others, but all of them had a a heck of a hunt, and they all three tagged out on some beautiful bucks. I, unfortunately, was not able to get out for Wisconsin's gun season, uh, given the move and everything. Thinking about next year, maybe bumping my rutcation up a little bit closer to the gun season so that maybe I uh, tag out a little bit later. Maybe I'm still around in Wisconsin as the opener rolls in, but... Hey, we'll see. It sure has been tough, though, to sit back and watch all of these bucks falling uh, in Wisconsin as I've just been sitting here on my hands. Uh, Even though, yeah, I did get a beautiful buck a couple of weeks ago, but at the same time, it sure would be nice to be participating in some of that gun season action. As we jump into the episode today, I do want to say a couple of things. Number one, if you haven't already, please go leave us a five-star review wherever it is you access this podcast. If you can leave us a written review, that would be super Super helpful. Also, follow along with us on Instagram at the Wisconsin Sportsman. You can also find me at How to Hunt Deer. That's the other podcast that I host on the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network. Also, big thanks to our partners who help me make this show possible each and every week. Number one, Onyx. Guys, if you have not been using the Onyx Hunt app, uh, honestly, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know where you've been. Um, There are lots of other options that you could use out there for your mapping software on your phone, but let me tell you, they all just kind of suck when it compares to Onyx. Um, uh, Onyx has better features. They have a better layout. It's more user-friendly. Yeah, they're just better all the way around. Uh, You can get the Elite membership like I've got right now that will give you all 50 states for one low price of about 100 bucks, something like that. So yeah, if you're not using them already, though, you can go find them on the App Store of your choice and get a seven-day free trial. Next up, Huntworth. They are making awesome, durable camo without the sticker shock of some of the other brands out there. I love the Tarnan pattern. I've been using it all season this season, and it has been fantastic. If you missed their Black Friday and Cyber Monday deal, that's okay. You can still head over to their website, huntworthgear.com. As you're eyeing late season, you really need to check out their heat boost line. That stuff will keep you warm. I personally love the Saskatoon pants. The Saskatoon jacket with the Saskatoon vest kept me nice and toasty while I was hunting in Wisconsin. Most recently, though, I was back in their early season stuff as I was hunting down in Alabama. Hey, they've got something to keep you warm, to keep you dry, to keep you cool. Whatever it is you need, go check them out, huntworthgear.com. Next up, Deer Lab is the number one trail camera app for hunters and land managers. Deer Lab helps you store, organize, and analyze all of your trail camera intel so that you can make data-driven decisions as you target your buck this fall. One feature that I really love is the heat map, which uses aggregate data to help you locate where a buck is hanging out. Go check out their website, DeerLab.com, to learn more about all their awesome features and to sign up for your 30-day free trial with no credit card required. When you're ready to purchase, use the code WISCONSIN, all caps, to get 20% off of any of their plans. And then last but not least, Tacticam. They are the title sponsor of this show. They are also the title sponsor of the How to Hunt Deer podcast. They are the makers of the best point-of-view cameras for outdoorsmen. In this episode, you're going to hear one of the guys talk about how they were using a Tacticam to help them film their hunt this year. Tacticams help you capture your memories from the field so that you can relive them like you're back in the moment and so that you can bring them home and share them with family and friends. Their new 6.0 camera features 4K, 60 frame per second footage, up to 8x zoom, a touchscreen display, 
one-touch operation, and you get it all in a compact, durable, waterproof package. With gun seasons going on right now, you should go check out their FTS system, which essentially allows you to film through your scope and turns your scope into a giant camera lens. And of course, Tacticam's point of view cameras are supported by an outstanding line of mounts and adapters that will fit your needs, whether you're a bow hunter, shotgun hunter, or a rifle hunter. You can learn more about all of their awesome products, the 6.0, the Solo Extreme, their full line at Tacticam.com and start sharing your hunt with Tacticam. Now let's get into this week's show, doing a recap of Wisconsin's firearm season. All right, back on the show with me is Ryan Ebert. What's up, buddy? Doing good. (laughs) Thanks for uh, taking the time to come back on the show. So we're doing a little bit of a thing here where I'm talking with guys from around the state who've hunted different parts of the state about their recent gun season success. So before we jump too far in, uh, we had you on another episode. Goodness, man, it's been a while. Yeah, I think it was last March or something, maybe, yeah. Yeah, so it's been a long time where we talked about spearing. That's kind of your thing. That's what you do. Um, So why don't you give folks just a rundown of who you are real quick, and then we'll dive into kind of what part of the state you hunt. Uh, So, yeah, I'm a self-employed creative, I guess, entrepreneur would be the best way to describe it. I do a little bit of everything from photography, graphic design, uh, a lot of stuff for small businesses and helping them with their branding and images and uh, a lot of portrait work. And then in the winter months, I do a lot of fish decoy carving uh, for pike and sturgeon spearing and uh, also do screen printing. So like I said, a little bit of, a little bit of everything creative wise. Yeah, man, you're, you're kind of all over, like you got your hands in, in a little bit of everything, but you do great work. Uh, in fact, after we talked last time, you sent me a couple of like coloring books for my kids. They mm-hmm. ate it up. They absolutely <laughs> just, I mean, they loved it. So thanks for sending those over by the way. Yeah. But, no uh, problem. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so what part of the state are you hunting whitetails? Um, so I live in Jefferson County and I am originally from Columbia County. So I go back up there to hunt. That's only about an hour or so north of me here in uh, Fort Axton. And, uh, my in-laws have about 130 acres of kind of a mix of pines, um, some ag. There's a lot of utility type stuff that cuts through railroad tracks. There's a gravel pit, uh, pipeline, power line. So it's kind of sliced up a couple different ways. Um, but that really almost, while it's ugly to look at, it benefits me in that it really directs the deer. Uh, through the property in certain areas and really funnels them in. So I've kind of gotten that dialed in over the last decade of hunting there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I go and, uh, had pretty good success. Uh, like I said, I've been hunting it over a decade and run usually just one trail camera that I'm kind of checking every few weeks. Um, not a cell camera or anything. So I have to go and actually check the card and, but then I kind of do some scouting then too, you know, looking at trails, seeing where they're at and, um, usually seeing deer when I'm driving out there. So. Yeah. So I'm curious about all the, the cuts. So growing up in the South, we always hunted a lot of power lines and uh, gas line right of ways and those sorts of things. And we always hunted right on them, like hoping that the deer would cross them. Are you noticing that those things kind of like the deer travel the edges of them? You, Cause you mentioned that they funnel, funnel that, a lot of that movement down. Yeah. Um, so I usually, um, and set up kind of under the power line. That's the biggest cut I would say. And, uh, yeah, they definitely have to cross there, but they, especially the more mature deer like to cross it quick. Cause I think they know they're out in the open, you know? Yep. Um, but there's pines on either side that my father-in-law planted back in the early nineties that are pretty, pretty big now. And, uh, I can usually see them sneaking through there. So I kind of know that they're coming and I'm, I'm ready for them when they're about to cross. Okay, so tell me about your 2022 gun season. Uh, how long did it last? <laughs> uh, it was one day, one and <laughs> one day and done. <laughs> That's not a bad um, way to so, do it. Yeah, so like I said, I, I run a, the one camera out, so I knew there was a number of nice bucks out there. Um, a neighbor had gotten a nice nine-pointer um, a couple weeks before the season started. It actually kind of ended up dying right near my one stand. And, uh, so I knew one of the bucks was gone, but I knew there's at least three other ones that I was hoping to see. I'm usually pretty picky, you know, that opening weekend, just really hoping for a nice buck to walk through. And later in the season, I'll get less picky. It's about, you know, filling the freezer for me more than anything. Um, I hunt with my, my brother-in-law also hunts out on the same property. 
so yeah, opening morning, it was like 10 minutes before opening light. I had a little basket buck come maybe 10 feet from me, just nose down. He was sniffing along, like clearly looking for a doe and he came sneaking through. So right away I kind of thought, oh, they're still, they're still in the rut. You know, it seemed like I hadn't heard much about rut activity before the season. And yeah, sure enough, they were definitely, all the bucks seemed like they were rotting and chasing does. Um, so around, yeah, that was, like I said, 10 minutes of opening light. Had another little six pointer come across, had a couple little does running in the pines behind me. I was sitting in the ground blind cause it was snowing and a little bit breezy that morning. And, uh, about eight o'clock I heard my brother-in-law shoot and then gave him a call and he had taken a nice eight pointer. Um, and he said that another buck that was bigger was in front of it and running across towards my direction. So I was kind of looking to my left, uh, up this power line, keeping an eye out for it. And hour went by, I never saw that buck come across. And then he, uh, let me know later, another one had come across like further down. So I'm still like glued looking to my left there and it's about, I don't know, nine fifteen or so. And, uh, two sections of pines over like probably almost 300 yards away. I could see just this look like a, a horse running through the freaking woods. It was just a tank <laughs> of a deer. Um, and could tell, you know, nice buck, but more than that, I could tell like, Holy cow, just big, big bodied deer. And, uh, so like I said, I'm in my ground blind, my stand, my tripod stand is about 250 yards away. And if I would have been sitting in my stand, it would have been just, a chip shot, like probably 20 yards on this deer. Oh man. And, Cause I knew he was going to come across the power lines. Um, but he was going to come out on the other side of my stand. There's a little sumac and stuff. So I knew I had just one little window, um, coming up this hill, like straight up to the left of me that that was going to be my only opening shot on a pretty far shot on a moving deer. And sure enough, he comes across behind my other stand and it's coming up the hill and, shot right before he was going to get into this other section of hardwoods is kind of like where they like to go hide by this gravel pit that I mentioned. Like that's definitely their safe area. It's so thick back in there and it's on kind of an edge of town and they know like that's their safety area and he was definitely making a run for it. So I took a shot. I wasn't real sure if I had a good hit. Like I said, he was moving and it was about two hundred. I think it was 236 was the yards. Um, where I hit him at. So gave it a little bit and started walking down that way. And I was just going to actually walk over to my brother-in-law and check out his buck. Cause he was cleaning it out and looked up the lane and I could see blood up the lane. And I thought that was interesting. Like, Oh, did he get hit before? Cause it was like where he had ran up the hill. Um, so I'm like, Oh, he must've been hit already, you know, going up this hill. So I walked up there and I'm like looking to my left thinking, he'd be in the woods or something up there. And here he had come back down. I had hit him and he had dragged himself back down the hill and was in the grass. Uh, like basically, like I said, 20 yards behind my other, other stand there. So, um, it wasn't, it wasn't a perfect hit. I put one more round in him to, you know, make sure he stayed down and, uh, yeah, just a tank tank of a deer. Um, yeah, easily the biggest body buck I've probably ever gotten. I just, yeah, it looked like the thing was on steroids, but oh he was just, just massive. Yeah, huge neck on him, and yeah, real nice uh, ten pointer, uh, real heavy, heavy mass on him. I actually thought he was a little bit smaller than my buck I got last year, um, but then putting them together, I think counting for the mass, he probably would score higher um, than my last year's buck. So, wow. yeah, real, real cool character on him. He had little. Uh, the eye guards on each, uh, the brow tines and everything sticking out and yeah, real nice buck. Very cool. So you were seeing a, a decent amount of rutting activity. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. So got that one, like said, 15 cleaned him out, uh, got pictures with him, and me and my brother-in-law got pictures together and, uh, brought them in, had a little lunch and then came back out and, um, brought me, like I said, running the one camera and just what I'd been seeing myself and hearing from my, father-in-law I thought for sure there's just way too many deer uh running around and I I'd already planned on taking two doe just kind of thin down the population a little bit and uh came back out about one o'clock almost had my tags filled right away because I had two doe in behind my blind that I just about had the drop on but I was a little too loud uh taking my 
uh, cap scope off my scope there and it kind of spotted me and we did a little dancing in the pines for a little bit. She kept stomping at me and eventually turned and went the other way. Uh, but then about four o'clock, I was staring at some does that are in the pines behind me, kind of waiting for an opening. And I turned back to look again towards my other stand and I had just tons of deer fall, uh, coming out under the power lines there. Um, I think there was about a dozen does like under the power lines by the time I had finally decided to take one and shot her, a couple of them scattered, a couple looked up, went back to eating, and then more deer just came out of the woods, and then I dropped another one, and then that was the end of my my season. (laughs) (laughs) So the freezer is full at this point. Oh, yeah, very, yeah, very, very full. Yeah, Yeah, I couldn't even uh, get another deer if I wanted unless I wanted to buy another freezer. Yeah, man, is this this the best opening day you can remember? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's been a while since I've, I usually get a nice buck um, just about every year. Um, but last year it was day seven. I think it was the day after Thanksgiving I got my buck. Um, but yeah, usually opening day is not uh, that quick and <laughs> that easy, I would say. Yeah, well, that's not a bad way to do it, man. It's not a bad way to do it. Yeah. You've you've earned it in previous years, right? Like I've heard people talk yeah. about, oh, well, I went out and tagged out in five minutes. It's like, well, you've you earned that one all those other times you didn't tag out. You know what I mean? Right, like when you yeah. when you really put in the hard work. So, all right. So you got three deer on the ground, but man, that morning rutting activity, that afternoon, you're seeing lots and lots of deer movement. Uh, had an awesome cold front come through. You mentioned it was a little bit breezy. Uh, yeah. I think breezy might be a little bit of an understatement. What, how was it where you were? <laughs> well, like that. So I ended up sitting in my blind just because I knew in my stand I'd be suffering pretty good. It's pretty open in my other stand. So the blind's not too bad. I'm tucked against the edge of the pine, so I get a little bit of protection there. Um, I only had one doe and a little six-pointer that busted me, I think, because of the wind. Um, so it wasn't too bad. Uh, I, I love, you know, with spearing and, uh, you know, dark house spearing, I, I love the winter months and everything so that, that snow all day on opening day, I was enjoying that quite a bit. And, um, <laughs> yeah, after I got my buck, like 10 minutes afterwards, you know, it was kind of rotating between snow and just blue skies and like hard snow, blue skies. And like 10 minutes after I got my buck, it was almost whiteout conditions, like whiteout enough that I went to see them run across. If it would have been 10 minutes later, it was just snowing so hard. Wow. Um, but yeah, I loved, I loved that having that snow and it was, it was a really pretty morning and yeah, lots of bucks moving that afternoon. There was another nice eight pointer that it chased the doe across like right next to me. And yeah, it was just, just a great opening day. That's awesome. Well, man, we got to have you on again, uh, here in a couple of, man, I guess weeks, like you guys are getting ready to fire things up with, uh, some dark house spearing, huh? I, I hope so. We were making pretty good ice for a while there. And, uh, this last week has been a little warmer and this week's going to be a little bit warmer. So my buddies that live up North, uh, they just went and checked and there's about two inches of real crappy ice on some of the lakes we hit up. So I think we got a little while still. Okay. Um, but hopefully before the, before the end of the year, I'll get, get up there. All right. Well, let's keep in touch. Let's talk more about it. Uh, in the meantime, though, where can go, folks go to find more from you, whether it's your photography, whether it's your screen printing, whether it's your, you know, your decoy carving and everything else that you do? Uh, your guys will probably like my Instagram the most, for sure, most of my outdoor adventures and my decoy stuff. Uh, that's Ryan Ebert Art. Uh, my website is ebertphoto.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Ryan, thanks for joining me today. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Thanks. You too. Just want to take a quick minute to let you know that the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best point-of-view cameras on the market for hunters and anglers. They're on the cutting edge making user-friendly cameras to help the everyday outdoorsman share your hunt with friends and loved ones. Their new 6.0 camera has a ton of upgraded features this year, but the one I'm most excited about is the new LCD touchscreen. In my mind, that is a total game-changer. And one area Tacticam really shines is with their mounts and adapters that are made with the sportsman in mind. If you've tried to film your hunting and fishing excursions, you know just how frustrating it can be to try to get an action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or in a good spot for a second angle. Well, Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their line of mounts and adapters. This fall, I'm going to be using their stabilizer mount on my bow with the 6.0 camera and their bendy clamp paired with the 5.0 wide camera for a second angle and to make sure I don't miss any of the action. To learn more and check out their full line of products, 
head over to their website, Tacticam.com, and share your hunt with Tacticam. All right, joining me again on the show is Francis Sprecker. What's going on, Francis? Good morning. Going good, going good. Dude, you've got a big smile on your face, and uh, I can't imagine why not, because you killed another slammer in Wisconsin. Sure did. I did. So last time we talked, we were talking about your your archery buck. Now, that was your, um, was that your first archery buck? Is that right? Yeah, it was actually my first archery yep. deer. First all, archery so. deer at all. Okay. All right. Good deal. So we, if you haven't listened to that episode, you need to go listen to it. It was a good tale of perseverance and learning. Like, dude, you condensed like a whole hunting career's worth of learning into like, what was it? Two years or something like that. And yeah. <laughs> probably compressed that many years worth of like failing and messing up and like all of that into just a very short amount of time and then redeemed yourself this year with a beautiful buck, a heck of a shot. Wasn't your shot was like what, 50 yards or something like that? 55, but I mean, 50, we won't get technical about it. <laughs> 55, but who's, who's counting, right? I mean, yeah. who's counting? Dude, I mean, honestly though, I mean, the difference between 50 and 55 is a lot when you're, it is. When you're shooting mean, archery. I mean, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. So anyway, but we closed that conversation out with saying like, all right, man, like, what's next? And you were like, uh, gun season. I was like, all right, cool. Go kill another one. And, uh, then you did. So yeah. tell me, yeah, tell me so, a little bit of the story for, were you, were you on the same property? What, what was going on? Yeah. So I was on the same property, but, uh, we talked earlier too about how we had, how we, you know, both like we're seeing some big, you know, nice shooters on trail cam and everything like that. And he happened to be one of them. So, um, I think I had, a couple more pictures of them on like the 11th and after that it was nothing. So, I mean, I wasn't really expecting too much. I didn't really know, you know, I'm only on that 40 acre piece and uh, the neighbors have, you know, like 180, you know, 200 all around me. So they got, and they're all really big hunters. So the, the gun season pressure there is just a lot. Okay. Uh, so basically the only thing, my only plan, the only thing I really wanted to do was to get in there early before all of the neighbors did. And then I would hope that they would kick stuff to me. So that way, uh, when the sun rises and shooting lights legal, I could, you know, there's something in front of me. Yeah. And honestly, that's pretty much what exactly what happened. I, I uh, got in there about 45 minutes before light. And, uh, shooting light, I think, were like just after 6.30. And about 6.30, I could hear the ATV, uh, on the other side of the hill. Oh. the neighbors were coming in. So I, I'm kind of like, okay, this is, you know, this is probably going to work in my favor. Because, you know, it's way over there. I feel like, you know, he's going to kick some stuff out to me. And then about, uh, 6.45, 6.50, uh, he came walking into, uh, along the ridge top. He got kicked out by the neighbors. So, wow. So, yeah. What had you been doing since, uh, since your buck in, uh, in bow season? I mean, had you been scouting or just kind of keeping an eye on the cameras or what? Yeah. So I, I was scouting a little bit. I'm trying to kind of figure out, you know, where they were moving. We had some snow up here too. So I really wanted to get out snow and see some fresh tracks which helped me pick out my spot um for gun season um which is really nice too like guns you can obviously shoot way further and you know you can you have way more leeway with spots so oh yeah so tell me a little bit about your thought process um behind where you decided to set up i mean i know you wanted to try to play off the neighbors and the pressure that they Mm. were going to be putting on the deer uh were you in a spot that you're like hey i know the neighbors are going to push them to this place or was it just, Hey, there's looks like there's a lot of deer movement going on here. I'll sit there. Um, so kind of both, there's a lot of deer movement. I could tell, I, I could tell it's fresh too. With Like I said, I went in with the snow. Um, but I knew he was kind of bedded on like the North side of the hill and that would be the neighbor's side. And you know, I had the South side, so I knew he was bedding on the North side somewhere. So I figured, they're either going to end up killing this deer or they're going to end up kicking him out and, you know, he's not going to be there. And I, 
I did some scouting, but I wasn't in there like bow hunting at all because I was already tagged out. Yep. So um, I think that helped a lot too is like there wasn't really any pressure. I didn't really go in and check cameras. I kind of just went in one day after it snowed for like two days straight and there's maybe like an inch of snow down just so I want, just because I wanted to see like the active trails, you know, not the deceiving older ones and stuff like that. I just wanted to see the fresh stuff. So I wasn't really hunting, so the pressure was down on my side of the hill. So I kind of figured that's going to be good for gun because they're going to feel a little bit safer there. Um, but, yeah, so it's kind of a mix of both. I knew he was betting kind of on the neighbors, and I knew if they got in late that they were going to be kicking him out because he's, you know, he's a big stud deer. He's old. Like, he, he's not dumb. So I knew he'd kick up pretty easy because he's a smart one. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. So – all right, tell me about the morning of. I mean, what was the weather like? I've talked to a couple of other folks, and uh, pretty uh, pretty rough conditions for an opening day. You know, it was. I, I The exact temperature, I'm not sure, but I think it was like wind chill was in the teens, if not lower. It was probably one of the coldest opening days I've had. Um, not like later this week. I mean, it ended up being in the, the season ended up, or by me, ended up fishing, finishing in like the 50s. But the opening day really made you chill your bones uh, to start it off. Yeah. So, but uh, luckily I uh, didn't have to freeze too long because, like I said, it was about 20 minutes after shooting <laughs> right, I was able to tag out again. So, yeah, thankfully man. I got warmed up dragging them out and then got to stay, you know, in the, in the warm. So Yeah, I when I messaged you to say, like, hey, nice buck, man, you want to come back on, you were like, yeah, I don't know how much of a story it'll be though, because uh, it was about a twenty-minute long season. So, <laughs> yeah. well, describe the describe the buck to me, man. Is he and and I can't tell from the pictures. Is he bigger than the one you shot with your bow? Yeah, he's actually way bigger. Uh, is he really? Definitely not, they they look yeah. like they could be comparable, but he's way bigger. Way bigger. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually just um, scored um, uh, last night. Cause I was curious cause I had so many questions and he's got so many kind of weird, uh, stickers. He's kind of split. Uh, he's like G2s are split and he's, uh, 14, he's got 14 points on him and I ended up gross scoring him at about 160. Give or take a couple inches. I know people do it differently and stuff and I wasn't going to get into like all the deductions and everything because it, for me, it's just fun to know kind of where he lies. I, like I said, I had a lot of people asking me, Basically, he's his. Uh, he was just so thick. His uh, antlers, uh, his like H measurements were just so thick. Everything was like above four inches. I was like, "Holy crap!" Like I kind of knew this was going to add up when it came to scoring. But yeah, just a really unique deer. I mean, his points weren't um, the longest, um, but I mean, yeah, it's just he's got a lot of character. He's really cool. He's going to be my first deer I ever mount. Um, it's the biggest deer that's been killed on our property. Is it really? So it's, yeah, so it's super Dude. exciting for, for me and my dad. And it was uh, it's a very important buck to me, too, because actually uh, that day I I shot the deer and we got it, you know, hung up and everything. And I go home and uh, I get a Facebook memory. I don't know if you ever get those, like, oh, six years ago today, you know. But I, it's, it's very neat because I got one of those, and it was six years ago to the day is when my grandpa actually shot his last deer. Wow. Um, before he passed away. And I'm looking in the picture, and I'm like, wow, it's like in the same spot. You know, I was what? like, it's just crazy. Yeah, because the background and everything, I'm like, holy, you know, holy crap, that's the trail that I was on. That's the same the same trail like we dug my deer out of and stuff like that so it was just kind of nice to see when I got home I kind of just knew like you know my grandpa was with me there that day and thinking you know I've had a really really good season and I just can't help but think you know he's walking these deer to me with some corn or something you know who knows what he's doing but (laughs) he's helped me out a lot this season so yeah very cool man yeah you you haven't just had a good season like you've had a fantastic season yeah, uh, two really good bucks. Where do you go from here, man? Like, what's next? Well, I, you know, so my bow buck actually had CWD, and we talked about that, so I have a replacement tag. But to be honest with you, I'm not even going to try to fill it this season. I've had a really good season. Um, 
I want to save it. I don't want to be in a huge rush to get like three deer in one year. Um, I don't want to push my luck. I don't want to take anything for granted. You know, I know I've had a really good year. I don't want to keep, uh, keep pushing it. So from here, honestly, it's going to focus on ice fishing. I got to start getting my ice shanty and everything together, make sure the mice aren't in it. There you go. But, um, yeah, no, it's been a really good season. Um, I'm going to start looking up recipes and everything to, uh, you know, use, use up some venison. So sweet, man. Well, congratulations on man, a phenomenal year. One, you probably Thank won't you. top anytime soon. I, I know that's yeah. probably depressing, but you're probably not going to top that year anytime soon. And if you do, you're going to be back on this podcast a bunch more <laughs> times because holy cow, man, what a year. So congratulations. If folks want to see the pictures, where can they find it? Yeah, actually, I'm uh, just starting to put out all of my my outdoors and all my hunting pictures on the same same uh, page now. So it's just Midwest underscore moment. I'm just trying to keep my personal and my hunting stuff separate because it's starting to be a lot of hunting stuff. So yeah, trying not sure. to blow up the personal one, but it's just Midwest underscore moment. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Francis, thanks for coming on the show again. And uh, yeah, man, Thank good you. luck getting ready for ice fishing. This episode is brought to you by the Onyx Hunt app. Onyx gives you up-to-date landowner information, color-coded public and private land boundaries, and gives you a ton of tools to help you hunt smarter. One tool I'm loving right now is their optimal wind feature, which lets you set the optimal wind for a given location, then tells you in real time whether the wind is good, bad, or just okay for that spot. You can try it risk-free for seven days right now. Just download the Onyx Hunt app on your preferred app store today. This episode is brought to you by Deer Lab, the number one trail camera app for hunters and land managers. Deer Lab gives you a simple way to store, organize, and analyze all of your trail camera data. Deer Lab has tons of great features like the ability to filter photos based on what's in them, like deer or turkeys or people. It syncs your photos with local weather to help you pattern your target. And you can even mass edit your timestamps, which is a great feature if you're like me and you forget to correct the time on your camera. Head over to DeerLab.com now for your free 30-day trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to purchase, you can use the code WISCONSIN, all caps, at checkout for 20% off of any of their plans. All right, joining me on the show again is Mitchell Patterson. Mitch, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Happy to be back. Yeah, man, it's it's been a minute. It has, yeah. What about that? A full year or close to? I think we're sitting at right around a year. When did you kill Ernie? I killed Ernie November 2nd of 21. Okay. So, so yeah. This, this would have been probably probably about the time. I'm going to guess right around a year. And uh, you've killed a couple of deer since then. I have. I got, I got lucky twice this year. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, for those who don't know you or maybe haven't caught that episode, I'll link it in the show notes. But... Tell me about yourself and kind of your hunting situation and, and what your plans were kind of going into the year before we jump into like, Hey, what happened on the, for, uh, for gun season? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, I hunt primarily, um, Southern Wisconsin, South central Wisconsin. I did have a archery tag for Iowa, uh, for the Northeast corner unit nine for this year also, which was awesome. And, uh, was excited to pull a good buck out of there, but, uh, I'm I'm very fortunate down here in Wisconsin. I've got a few very nice private properties to hunt. Um, very very lucky that way. So um, I've always uh, I, I run a lot of trail cameras and I try to shoot the the most mature biggest animal I can find. So that's uh, that's kind of my my year and the way I like to hunt. So um, this year was. This year was no different, really. We had some really nice ones on camera. Um, a little slow, actually. Uh, not not as many deer on, like, some of our main farms. Um, but uh, ended up ended up connecting on a good one during the rifle season here. So it, yeah. was, a, it was a good year. Tell me about the early couple of weeks of November, like, leading into the gun season. Uh, one thing that I struggled with on public ground was – it was just really slow, man. Like I just was not seeing the chasing and the rutting activity that I've seen in previous years. Now, at first I was thinking, oh, maybe it's the weather. Then I thought, well, maybe it's the pressure. Then I thought, well, maybe it's just I'm a turd and I don't actually know what I'm doing. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing after all. But then the the constant thing that I've been hearing from folks is like, 
man, we saw a ton of rutting activity on the opening weekend of rifle season or the opening weekend of gun season. How was it for you, you know, those first two weeks of November? And then what did you see heading into gun season? Sure. Um, so I, I really enjoy hunting, I guess what I would call the pre-rut. So um, it, like October 26th, 27th and there is when I really start to ramp up uh, my hunting. And honestly, it was uh, from like that 26th of, of uh, October, excuse me, through oh the first week of November. It was it was significantly slower for me this year. Um, the you know the the pre rut activity. I I love hunting scrapes, um, finding a nice scrape line. Um, it, it just didn't seem to be there this year. Um, Were you seeing uh, a lack of sign? I, I was, yeah, okay. really. I mean, you know, historic spots where we've had big, like, community scrapes or every year, you know, you get your your big scrape areas, and and they just didn't seem to produce this year early, early on or earlier in the pre-rut, I guess, that, you know, late October when you really start to expect those scrapes to start blowing open, and they just, they really weren't this year. Um, now, I did... I would say that like the, uh, probably the, I don't know, the fifth, sixth, seventh around there of November, it, the rut activity really started to pick up for me. So I, I didn't really see that pre rut that I normally enjoy, but I did see a ramped up, uh, chasing and I guess, a a ramped up rut for what I'm, what I'm really used to. Yeah, and that's about the time that front passed through, right? Like that was the big yep. rain event yep. with all the wind and all that. Yep, yep. And and that was, you know, I was trying to kind of figure it out too. And I talked to a lot of friends who were seeing similar things. Um, and and it was a little bit warm, you know. But but those deer, whether it's warm or not, they're they're in the rut same same time of the uh, of the year every year. Yeah. Um, and yes, it can, it can definitely change it and it can move activity to nighttime, things like that. But I just, I really wasn't seeing the, uh, the pre-rut activity that I really enjoy. Um, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't think I was still really seeing the rut activity though, as late as into the first week of gun season. Um, that for me, I didn't see, I was, you know, I was seeing, a lot of does back with fawns, you know, small bucks coming into food plots and not even really bumping does anymore, you know. So it, it seemed like, for me anyways, getting into that first first week of the gun season, it, it kind of seemed the same as it does most years for me, which is starting to slow down. And, um, yeah, I'm still seeing some mature bucks around does, but not the – certainly not a like a full rut type of a deal sure sure so So heading into gun season then you're hunting uh i'm assuming the same farms that that you were talking about previously is that right yep so did you have deer on camera then as you're you know getting into this gun season period that you're like hey these are the kind of you know the deer that i'm targeting or was it just like a hey things have been slow and i'm just gonna get out there and see what's moving around because i don't know where to go from here um, one particular farm had two very nice bucks on it that were, that were, one of them actually was just starting to show back up. He was pretty regular in the summer, about the first week of October, disappeared off the cameras. Uh, nobody was seeing him, you know, he just, he just had moved off. Um, and then, uh, about about a week before the gun season, he popped back onto the cameras, and uh, he was there. He was there a few times at night, and um, you know, close to daylight. Not you know, not middle of the night, but uh, within an hour of of daylight. So he was. I knew he was in the area, and uh, he he was one that that I was really hoping to to get after. So okay. and there was two of them in that area that were both very nice mature deer that I would have been happy to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So walk me through then we're getting into, uh, opening day. You've got all the, you know, 
all the shenanigans that go along with opening day of gun season. I feel like it's, you know, it's, it's so much different for, for everybody that does it right. I mean, a lot of people like to joke around about, you know, walking out there groggy headed, you know, that opening morning from the night before, cause they're seeing all their buddies again. Uh, but yep. then there's this whole other segment of folks that are like super hardcore about it. And they're, you know, they're getting after it just like they would on November 3rd with a bow in their hand. So what was your plan going into the opener? Um, so I'm not, I don't have any of the real exciting, fun camp camaraderie, you know, not out drinking too much the night before. Usually I might have a few beers at home, but, um, (laughs) uh, so I actually have not shot a buck with my rifle since 2007. So, so gun season for me isn't, it's not something that I generally am like super overly excited about. Um, I always go, I enjoy it. Um, you know, I have fun. I like seeing all the deer that people get. And, um, but it's just, I'm such an avid bow hunter that gun season, gun season just doesn't do it for me. And I, I, by then I've usually spent so darn much time in the woods that I'm starting to wind down a little bit. And, and, uh, gun season is just, for me, it sort of feels like the beginning of the end of the season. So it's, uh, it's, it's never a real exciting time for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I'm not a real diehard like gun hunter either. I'm not, I'm not going out nine days in a row during the gun season. I'll, you know, I'll spend, I'll spend opening day and well, opening weekend I'll spend in the tree. But, uh, beyond that, I don't, I don't generally go out a lot during the gun season. So I, I'd like to tell you that I was all amped up and excited, but uh, I, I I did my routine and got ready in the morning and listened to 30 point buck on the way to my stand. But <laughs> that was, <laughs> that, was uh, that was about the extent of my excitement for getting ready for the gun season. Yeah. Well, and you had some, uh, some rough weather as well. It was not going to be it a was, comfortable sit. It was not going to be comfortable. I was, I was, well, you know, I get, I think there's a point where, there's almost, it's almost too cold. You know, I, I would have been really happy if it was 20 degrees and, you know, calm winds and sunny, but you start seeing those, those morning lows in the, in the high single digits. And on top of that, a 15 mile an hour wind, 20 mile an hour wind. uh, I'm not overly excited about that either. (laughs) (laughs) Another reason why bow season is more fun for some folks. Yeah. So how did it go that first weekend? You get out in the timber. Did you see anything? Um, I saw, let's see, what did I see? Um, opening, opening morning, I saw, oh, probably five or six doe and fawn groups. Um, and, uh, I did have, I did have one, one year and a half old buck come running through grunting, chasing a, chasing a fawn. Um, that was, that was the excitement that I had for opening morning. Um, and the high point of the day. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I, uh, let's see here. Opening night. I, I, I saw another few does and I think, uh, maybe a two year old buck. Okay. Um, and then, uh, Sunday of opening weekend, I did not hunt the morning because my kids have been sick for like what's, feels like seven weeks in a row. And I think it actually has probably been about seven weeks in a row. Wow. So I didn't end up making it out that morning. Um, decided to stay home with the sick kids and help out. Um, but then Sunday afternoon was more of the same, just a few small bucks, um, a couple does, nothing, uh, nothing overly exciting. Man. So Sun- Sunday morning, uh, the weather made it a real easy decision to stay in bed. Or to, you yeah, know, to stay, to stay yeah. around the house. I mean, that was the day yep. uh, I had a buddy text me, and he was like, eight degrees does not feel good. And no, like, yeah. and it was it was cold. I remember, you know, obviously I, I did not get out of bed before before the sun was up, but I remember going outside at, I don't know, 7, seven o'clock in the morning and just thinking it was a good decision to stay home because it was, <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> uh, so the place and, where you guys are hunting – um, given, you know, the farm that you're 
that you're trying to hunt and the surrounding farms, are you hunting a lot of natural movement or are you, is this one of those farms where you're really banking on pressure from the neighboring farms? Um, a lot of, I would say a good, a good combination of both, honestly. Okay. Um, the, the particular farm that I was on was, um, it's a, it's a, an old egg field that was converted back to natural habitat about 25, 30 years ago. So it's, it's grown up pretty thick with, uh, cedars and just a lot of scrub trees and native grasses. And it really, if you plopped me in the middle of that property, I would almost feel like I was in like Kansas or Southern Iowa or, you know, it, it has kind of that feel to it, yeah. which is really awesome because yeah. it's a fantastic deer habitat. Sure. Um, so there's, and it's, and it's thick in there and the deer feel comfortable in there and it's, it, it, it's great natural movement. Um, now there's also, you know, two neighboring properties that let five, six plus guys come in and, and hunt and, and being as cold as it was, I figured there'd be a lot of guys on their feet by 8 a.m. on opening day, you know. Yep. Um, so I was anticipating some deer being bumped around, um, but more than more than not, I was hunting mostly just natural natural uh, deer movement. Okay. So the opening day comes and goes. You don't have a buck on the ground. Sunday rolls around. You don't really see a lot of action. You see a lot of uh, sick children, but... <laughs> Not necessarily a lot of action. How did the the next week go for you? And and a little bit of your story that's unique is eventually you pick up the bow while gun season is still going on. So I want to hear uh, kind of what led to that decision and and then how that hunt went and maybe what exactly were you going in there for? How much intel did you have or was it just like I need to go sit somewhere? Sure. Um. So. We're, we're very busy at work right now, so I knew I wasn't going to take every single day off and go sit in the woods every day. Um, so essentially, I, there's, a, there's a small secluded food plot in this property that is very close to um, where, I, where we believe the bucks bed a lot. Um, so I knew I wanted to hunt that spot, and... Um, I sort of just looked at the weather and decided that my best wind for that spot wasn't going to come until Friday. So I decided, I, I decided then basically that I was going to just get as much work done as I could during the week. Um, you know, take off, take off hopefully the whole day on Friday, which didn't end up happening, but, um, and get out there Friday and, and hunt that secluded food plot. Um, and I did between, between then and Friday, I did have some nighttime pictures of the deer I was after. So I knew, I still knew they were alive and in the area and and that just basically reaffirmed my decision to, to go to that spot and, and to wait until I had the, the wind that I wanted for it. Yeah. So So tell me then about, you know, you're, you're getting ready to head in on that, on that Friday. You said you didn't get the whole day off. Did you work the morning or did you work the evening? Um, I ended up having to work the morning. Um, my wife and I own a couple bars and restaurants in town. And as it always goes, something broke down and I had to be there uh, Friday morning to get that fixed. Um, side note, owning a bar is not all it's cracked up to be. Always it always sounds it would, so fun when people talk it about o- it. It always, it always sounds fantastic, but it's, it's a lot of work. (laughs) Um, but, uh, so I ended up having to do that. I got out of there. Um, I got out of there about 1130 in the morning and headed straight over to the property, which is about 20 minutes away. So I was hoping I'd be in the stand by, by about 1230 ish. And I, I got there about then. So, uh, yeah, I, and you had touched on earlier that I, I took the bow out with me on this one. Um, the, the food plot that I'm on, um, it's, it's only about 35 yards wide. So where I'm sitting, the furthest shot in the food plot that I have is, is probably about 40 yards, but 
just the natural movement of the deer when they come into that plot usually brings them by at about 20, 25 yards. Um, and being so thick around it, I really only had one spot where I could even reach out with the rifle. Um, and it would have to be such a quick, a, a quick pop and shot, you know, pop and shoot that I just, I said, I'm taking the bow with, you know, I, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't a, an anti, anti-rifle decision by any stretch. It was just, uh, if I'm going to have this buck at 25 yards, I'd rather shoot him at 25 yards with my bow than with the rifle. So. Yeah. So any rifle shot would have been, <clears throat> I guess, uh, not really what you're going for, because like you mentioned earlier, you're trying to shoot the biggest, oldest bucks on these properties. And yep. if you can't take a second to gauge and at, yep. least, at least make yep. sure he's, he's one that you're after, uh, yep. then you're not and necessarily of course, looking for it. Of course, the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to be really upset at myself if, if, you know, one of these deer sets out at that 60, 70 yard lane and, uh, and I don't have the rifle and then I don't see him again, but and stands in it. <laughs> Or, yeah. or better yet, a 200 inches jumps out and you're just like, there was oh. no question there. Like, I didn't even have to think about whether I would shoot that one or not. Uh, well, I'm glad you say that after I'm done hunting because <laughs> that might have swayed my decision. <laughs> well, all right. So you got the bow in hand. Do you get in there? You get in there about, around 1230, 1 o'clock, something like that? Yeah, about about 1230, I think I, okay. I probably signed up. Yep. All right. So, so you're uh, nice and settled. What time do you start seeing deer movement? Uh, I did not see deer movement until 15 minutes until close. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so it was a, it was a horribly slow, uh, night, but you know, as hunting goes so often, it changes in a, changes in a second. So, um, I, I did, I did see one, what I think may have been a doe or a fawn, um, just briefly in some thick brush, but I wouldn't even count it because I really couldn't even tell what it was. Um, but uh, so I think it was about 4.15, I had a doe and a fawn come into the food plot. Um, and uh, there's a there's a nice crab apple tree right on the edge of the food plot, and the deer just hammer that crab apple tree. I don't know what kind of crab apple it is, but I got to find out because they absolutely love it. Mm. Um so they came into the into the plot and uh, they were there for probably I don't know five minutes or so before I noticed some movement um, from back in the thick area that that I was hoping to see some movement coming coming from. Nice. And uh, it it took me a little bit to realize that it was a buck because just it's so thick back in there you can catch movement and and they disappear and then you catch a little movement again and and finally he worked to about uh, 50 yards or so and he crossed the he crossed the cedar tree and and I that was the first glimpse that I got of of a rack so I knew it was I knew it was a good buck um, but that uh, the doe was so close to me and and she she was acting a little a little nervous I'm sure during just being rifle season she was she was a little on edge um, my wind was perfect, so she wasn't getting any wind from me. But uh, I I couldn't reach to get my binoculars. I had kept them on my backpack. I didn't have them strapped to my chest like I normally do. So I'm trying to reach for my binoculars, but I didn't really didn't want to bump her out of there. Um, and finally, I finally I get the binocs up and I get I get eyes on this buck that's that's back there still, probably 50, 60 yards. And and uh, the first thing I see is the first thing I see is the drop time. And, oh. and I knew, I knew right then exactly what deer it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, he, uh, he very, very slowly works my way, which, you know, in hindsight is probably, it, it was probably only 10, 12 minutes between the time that I saw him to the time that I shot. But that feels like an eternity when, sure. when, you know, it's exactly what deer it is that's coming. And, uh, um, he, uh, he eventually got into about 40 yards and I don't know that the doe, I think the doe may have seen him or heard him coming, but she actually started walking towards him to, to meet him. Um, and out at about 40 yards, just outside the food plot, he, he kind of sent checked her and, uh, she ended up 
scurrying off and thankfully he didn't, didn't follow her. Um, and he, uh, he, then he, he just walked straight towards the food plot. And by this time he's, he's right on the edge, which is only about 30, 35 yards. Um, so he, he circled around and ended up checking the fawn that was still in the food plot, kind of, kind of bumped the fawn a little bit right on the edge of the food plot. And, uh, took, took about four more steps towards me. So now he's at about 25 yards Mm. and he's facing straight on. And, uh, for four and a half minutes, I looked, I looked back on my, I had my tacticam running, which unfortunately I, I didn't have a good angle on. So I, I didn't get as much of the, the encounter as I wanted to, but I looked back and I could see that it was four and a half minutes between the time that he stepped into the food plot and the time that I shot him, which at 25 yards is my heart was beating so hard. Oh yeah. I, That's way oh too long. God. That's way too yeah. long. <laughs> so, but he just, he just kept standing facing straight on at me um, and feeding and he would, you know, he'd bend over and he'd feed and he'd lift his head up and look around and he'd feed and look around. And the whole time I'm just going, man, please turn, turn. <laughs> so uh, finally he did and he, he uh turned broadside perfect and uh i i drew on him when he put his head down to to take a bite and uh he uh i think he i think he caught a little bit of movement of me drawing because he snapped his head up real quick and i just i remember telling myself i needed to i needed to find my anchor and i needed to to kind of do it quickly Mm. (laughs) at this point he's looking up at me and uh, i settled Settled the pin right on his, right behind that front shoulder, and and squeezed it off. And uh, thankfully, I got to watch that luminoc berry right behind the front shoulder, right in the crease, and I released a little bit of adrenaline and excitement. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, and, the the relief after having one that close for that long. Like, I want a buck in shooting range for like eight seconds. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's, I don't want him there for long at all. And that's what really, really made this hunt unique for me too, is that is definitely the longest encounter that I've had, you know, before I, before I pulled the trigger. Um, like you, so often it happens, you know, you, you, whether they're chasing a doe or you just, you know, catch them moving at 40 yards and boom, in 10 seconds, you're, you're letting an arrow fly. But this one was, you know, a good five minutes of him making his way in. And then it was five more minutes of him standing at 30 yards or less. And, and, uh, it, it was, it was good. I'm, I'm glad I was able to keep my composure enough to put a good shot on him. But I don't, I don't know that I've ever felt my heart beat that hard for, mm. for that amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> so recovery was quick. Did you see him go down? I did not see him go down. I didn't hear him go down. Um, I try, I, I was trying not to get too excited, but I did. I mean, I knew I had made a good shot. I knew, I knew he, there was no reason he shouldn't be dead, you know? Um, but I did call, called family members and, you know, (laughs) and told them that I got one. It wasn't, I hit one. It was, I got one. So I was confident. Um, but, uh, I waited about, I don't know. We waited about an hour and a half my dad came out to give me a hand. Um, the, the blood trail was not as great as I had hoped it would be, but I mean, he was, he was running hard and, and in that, in that tall, almost, you know, CRP type four foot tall grass Dude, that's at, so night, tough. at night with flashlights, you know, it's, it's tough to really see good blood, especially with the, the shadows were the hardest part for me because you're shining this light down through this four foot tall grass trying to find blood, which, you know, there was a good amount of blood on the top of the grass that we essentially followed that. But, um, you know, trying to, trying to fight through the, the color of the grass and the shadows of the grass, it's, it's sometimes hard to, hard to pick up blood. And it's just always harder to find blood at night, obviously, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, um, had it been daylight, I'm sure it would have been a lot easier. Um, uh, but he, he only went probably, 90 yards um we followed never never did we lose blood or anything like that it was just not for as good of a shot as i 
felt like or I knew that I had made, I was expecting a bit more blood. And I did get a good a good pass through, um, but it was uh, it was a it, it, the the entry hole was not you know not down at the very bottom of the chest, so it was there was a lot of blood pooling in him. But uh, he ended up yeah he ended up going probably about ninety yards, and we uh, finally finally came to the the end of the blood trail and was was happy to see him there. Nice. So <laughs> tell tell me about the buck then. I mean, I'll throw a picture up with this so that people can see, but. He's yeah. a dandy. So he's, yeah, he's a, he's a beauty. He's, uh, he's 19 and a half wide. Um, just a big, beautiful frame on him. His, uh, his left side was, he's got a nice five point side on his, on his left. Um, I think I'm, I think I'm thinking of that, right. <laughs> I should know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he had real, real nice tall G2, G3. Uh, and that's, you know, when he's standing there staring at me for four minutes and I'm, I'm looking at him, obviously he's, he's got a real nice four inch drop sign on the one side, but as impressive to me was his G2 and his G3, which were, uh, 11 and a half inches and 10 and a half inches. Oh my goodness. So, so looking at those, you know, he, he, uh, he, he was every bit as impressive in, in person as I would, as I hoped he would be. Yeah. Um, you know, so what was total was score? Um, he was right, right around 152 inches. Okay. Um, he, you know, he's another one of those deer similar to Ernie last year. Um, big, beautiful frame. You know, he's got that frame of 170 inch deer. And, uh, the, the thing that really hurt him was just his mass, but, um, you know, score is not everything. So I don't care if he's 150 or 170, but, uh, he's, he's a beautiful buck that I'm not, I'm certainly not passing. Not at, not at this this stage of my life. Anyways. Oh, sure. Sure, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. I always ask people for the score, uh, on a buck and 99% of the reason that I do that, I've only had one of my bucks scored. And that was the one that I shot this year because I was like, I've never shot anything this big. I don't even know what, I don't have a, you know, I, I don't have a category to put this buck in. Um, yep. it's so that people who are listening can like get an idea for it. Um, sure. because it's so hard to, it's so hard to quantify. It's like, Hey, he's a big eight. It's like a mm-hmm. big eight means something different. If you're in Southern Wisconsin, than if you're hunting sure. in Northern Wisconsin or if you're hunting in Alabama or whatever. So sure. anyway, man, and, beautiful deer. You're right. I mean, you look at the thing and you're like, Oh my goodness. Like this is a, this is a, deer. yeah. And, and, and looking at him in that food plot in my head, I'm going, man, he's, you know, he's bigger than I thought he was. And he's, in my head, I'm thinking he's 160 all day. Yeah. But you know, so some you just it's a good testament to how how much mass plays a big role and mass and beam length. I think those are those are the two uh, the two things that really push push deer over over the edge. You know. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the deer I shot this year uh, had good mass, had real good mass. Um, what he didn't have was beam length, and he yep. his tine length really suffered. His his longest yep. tine was like nine and a half. Yeah. So I was like, man, if he could have, but anyway, beautiful that, deer, not taking anything away from him. Just no, that was, it, that was a fantastic deer. You shot too. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Thanks but man. I he didn't, was, I didn't say that to you. But. No, dude, it, <laughs> it was fun. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad I, I feel satisfied for the year, which brings me to my next question for you. What are you doing now? Are you going to get out there and grind for late season? Or are you like, man, I'm happy. Let's, let's rock it on into 2023. Yeah. So, um, in the state of Wisconsin, since I shot him with my bow, which is a lesser weapon than the rifle, um, I am allowed to put my rifle tag on that deer, yep. which is, which is what I did. Um, so I do still have my Wisconsin archery tag in my pocket. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, much to my wife's demise, oh. but <laughs> no, she was actually surprisingly supportive of me trying to complete the trifecta as I, as I was calling it, but, uh, you know, I'm feeling pretty darn satisfied, honestly. Um, I don't know that I'll go back out. I think we'll see. It, it's probably going to take a special buck or I don't know. We'll see if I, if I get a, if I find a good reason to, or if I just decide I'm, I'm, 
suddenly I'm not satisfied anymore, I, I might go back out, but I, I kind of feel that I'm probably going to be done. Um, I'm certainly going to go take the rifle out during the, uh, holiday hunt, shoot a couple does and, uh, fill the freezer back up good, which two bucks in the freezer now is, is a good start. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're almost but, there. Uh, you're almost there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I, I keep going back and forth. I, I certainly may, may go back out, but I'm feeling very happy with the way the season has gone. Very cool. Which will probably be a tough one for me to top anytime real soon. But oh, yeah. Certainly going to try. For sure. For <laughs> sure. Well, man, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, beautiful buck. Congratulations. If people want to see the picture, maybe they're listening to this on like Apple Podcasts or something and they can't see the picture on there. I'm going to put it on everything that I put up. But if they want to see the picture or find more from you, maybe see Ernie from uh, our previous conversation, where can they go to find it? Um, I, I guess Instagram is probably the uh, outlet I use the most. Uh, my handle on there is uh, uh, Pata, P-A-T-T-A underscore T-A-T underscore Hunt. So Pata Tat Hunt. Awesome. Awesome. Well, <laughs> so I'll link all that good stuff where folks, if they want to, uh, find out they can go get do that and also the story of ernie which was an awesome story uh gosh i can't, yeah. I wish i knew off the top of my head what episode number that was but uh that was very cool Don't. so but man Don't. if you get out again good luck to you and thanks again for coming on thank you very much i appreciate it that's all for this week's episode if you dig this podcast be sure to go and subscribe wherever you find your other podcasts if you would please go leave us a five-star review I'd very much appreciate it. You can follow along with all my outdoor adventures on Instagram at the Wisconsin Sportsman. That's also the best way to get a hold of me. Big thanks to our partners, Tacticam, Huntworth, and Deer Lab. Please go support the brands that support this show. And until next time, make sure to take the time to get outside and enjoy the incredible natural resources that are ours as Wisconsin Sportsmen. <laughs>